when you're trying to create new intellectual property, if you like, imagine I come up with a video game called Jumpy Boy, then I have to convince the whole world that they've got to f- play Jumpy Boy and mm-hmm. learn about it. Um, whereas if I if I make a game uh, for Aladdin, for example, from Disney, there's all mm-hmm. these people that already are, know that and want that. And if you release that with, we we actually did Aladdin and we released it when they launched the movie, um, when you could buy the movie, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and you know you get tons and tons and tons of sales because you're at the right place with the right Right time time. with the right welcome to push to be more with me your host matt edmondson this is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work and to help us do just that i am chatting with today's very special guest mr david perry yes uh, about making it in the gaming industry before selling to sony and why you should learn something about everything and everything about something the show notes and transcript from our conversation are available on our website pushtobemore.com and whilst you're on there you can also sign up for our newsletter and each week we will email you the notes and the links automatically from our conversations direct to your inbox totally for free totally amazing so make sure you sign up for that now this episode is brought to you by orion media which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast. You know what? I have found that running my own podcast uh, really rewarding and it opens doors to amazing people like nothing else I've ever seen. Hence the reason we have Mr. Perry on the phone. <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> Uh, whatever the equivalent of the phone is these days. Uh, I have built networks, made friends, had a platform to champion my customers, my team, my suppliers. And I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should have a podcast because it has had a huge impact on my own business and networking. Of course, that sounds great in theory, but in reality, there is a whole problem of setting up distribution, getting the tech right, knowing what the right podcast strategy is. You know what I mean. The list goes on. And so, you see, I love talking to people, but not all that other stuff, no. So Orion Media takes it all off my plate. I do what I'm good at, and they brilliantly take care of the rest. So if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. We will, of course, link to them on our podcast website too, uh, which one more time is pushed to be more. Now, joining me with my very hoarse voice today uh, is Mr. David Perry. He is an innovative leader in the gaming industry whose technology has shaped how we see gaming today and in the future. His work with Gaikai led to Sony PlayStation acquiring his company to establish itself uh, in the streaming video games uh, in the cloud. Anyone heard of PlayStation now? So David now finds himself as the CEO of GetCaro.com. Com, uh, which is a partnership e-commerce network designed for Shopify brands. So by teaming up with other companies in the same space, over 30,000 brands using getcaro.com are able to improve brand recognition, sales volume, and acquire new customers, the magical trio. Uh, so I'm pretty eager to chat uh, with David about his thoughts on leadership, how he deals with challenges, and what he does in his downtime, and I'm really keen to see where he sees the future going. So David, thank you for being here on the Push To Be More podcast. Great to chat with you, sir. 
Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. And you know what? I Just so you know, I got myself a podcasting microphone and one of those roadcaster things. Oh, so okay. Contact Orion Media, I think, and get myself yeah. a <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> funny. I, I wish I could show you because I have one of those roadcaster days too. Have you? Did you get the second one or the first one? Uh, it's. I think this is the first one. Um, yeah, I think there's a new one just came out. Um, it's the Roadcaster Pro, which yeah. has got. You can add all these cool sound effects. You just hit a button, and you can have applause and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah, you can. You can. In fact, uh, on the one I've got here, um, I can do this. I can press this button, and it does this to my voice. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we can geek out on the road uh, procaster. The thing is amazing, that's for sure. And um, yeah, I have one on my desk as well. So uh, love the fact that you've got one. What microphone did you get? I got the Shure SM7B, which oh, okay. is a pretty pretty standard one for this kind yeah, of Yeah, it is. It um, is. So, yeah, Good microphone and, uh, choice. Good mic choice. Yeah, definitely. I got the Cloud Lifter, which is the amplifier. So mm -hmm. so this is this is um I got no excuses now. <laughs> You've got the proper tech setup going on. So, uh, whereabouts in the world are you uh, streaming in with your Rodecaster from? I'm uh, in Southern California, so near a place called Laguna Beach, and it's uh, it's beautiful down here. And I used to live in just outside London in Surrey, mm -hmm. and uh, before that, I lived just outside Belfast in Northern Ireland. So, um, you know, it's been an interesting journey because you, mm -hmm. you have to make a decision at some point: do I leave Ireland, and, <laughs> and then you do I leave England, and and then now I'm in California, and I'm like, do I leave California? Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting that the way sort of life opens up these opportunities and, and you end up either getting on the airplane or you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? So you've been in the state. How long have you been in the States now? I moved out here in 1991, so it's been a long time. And what happened was I got this phone call from Virgin Games. So Richard Branson decided to get into the game industry. Yeah. And I got this phone call saying, we need a game made for McDonald's and it's an emergency. And can you get on a plane and just fly to California and we'll take care of whatever money you make, we'll pay you more. We'll get you a car, an apartment, but we need you to solve this problem for us. And so, you know, I was sitting there in England in my little house thinking to myself, you know, I don't have a girlfriend right now. Um, should I just get on the plane and, uh, and do this thing? And so I did, and I had no idea how, so I would fall in love with California. Um, and so uh, the, the, the thing about California that's kind of interesting is just how it's surrounded by everything. You've got the ocean and all the surfing and beaches mm -hmm. and all that. You've also got a desert, like a full-on desert wow. tucked behind it. In the mountains, people are snowboarding and skiing all over the place. You've got Disneyland. You have Los Angeles Airport, which flies everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, a cool sort of central place where a lot of stuff happens. And um, and so I, I do like that. Now the problem is we have earthquakes and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Yeah, no earthquakes in Belfast. There's no earthquakes in uh, in Surrey, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that that's just the way you roll when you move out. Yeah, here. yeah. So you you went there in the early nineties. Um, you didn't have a girlfriend uh, at the time. So were you a young man when you sort of got on the plane and and jetted off, courtesy of Mister Branson? Yeah. yeah, I was twenty four back then. Got on the plane. Um, you know, I had I had made a lot of games, and I, I sort of learned um, a, a trick, which I think is quite important. Is when you're trying to create new intellectual property, 
if you like imagine i come up with a video game called jumpy boy then i have to convince the whole world that they've got to f- play jumpy boy and mm-hmm. learn about it um whereas if i if i make a game uh, for aladdin for example from disney there's all mm-hmm. these people that already are, know that and want that and if you release that with we we actually did aladdin and we released it when they launched the movie um, when you could buy the movie mm-hmm. and uh, and you know you get tons and tons and tons of sales because you're at the right place with the right, the right time, time with the right thing. and yeah. and uh, i used to go in the stores and i would watch these hands the kids hands like as they were reaching to the shelves and you could see like the branded the games with the big brands on them their hands just magnetically go there um versus you know jumpy boy which is on the bottom of the shelf and no one's touching it so um I tried both ways. I made a bunch of games that were completely original, and I also made okay. games that were licensed. And one of the first number ones I had was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so you can imagine. You can, yeah. In fact, do you remember in England it was called the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles? Uh, yeah, you couldn't use the word ninja. Yeah, yeah. Come on, that's too much for British children. I like the first <laughs> the best. It was Tortuga's Ninja, and that was the best one, I think. But ultimately... <laughs> Um, you know, being involved in something like that and that changed my life mm-hmm. later. So many, many years later, um, it turned out that the, the turtles, um, uh, sold a lot of toys, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. The toy company that made all those toys and made billions of dollars was Playmates Toys. Yeah. Today, make toys for Disney and people like that. Um, and, you know, my path ended up while I was in, in America, they invited me to, to sort of visit with them. And they said, we'd like to start our own video game company. And would you be willing to help us build that? Oh, wow. And and I said to them, you know, like, it's funny, we have this history. Like, uh, you know, I've worked on it on, a, on specifically on a game that really matters to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm not looking to really join your company. But will you fund my company? And if, if I start my own company in America and I hire people, will you will you fund that? And oh, they wow. said, yes. So the result was. Um, we ended up building, uh, you know, a very cool team called Shiny Entertainment. We made Earthworm Jim, which was um, a hit at the time, and that was funded by Playmates Toys, the people who made the turtles. Mm. And again, thank goodness I started with the turtles. What is that? I mean, what? How do you plan for that? Right? How can you? <laughs> it's not in a textbook, is it? It's just not. Take to make that happen. It doesn't. It, it's crazy, right? I years ago I had to do a commencement speech. Um, at Queen's University in Belfast. And mm-hmm. when I gave the speech, I talked about this and how weird random doors open and things connect. And and, uh, and the dean was very unhappy with my speech at the end because he was like, it's not about luck, it's about education. <laughs> and I'm like, there isn't a course for this. Like that, it, it's not how it works. So part of it is trying to, to sort of work out where where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when the when that when someone sort of offers you the airplane flight or the door opens you gotta you gotta make a big decision to to do it but for me that's worked out really well it's interesting you say that because um you know if i trace back uh, my you know we've had a, a string of of successful e-commerce businesses and that's our connection right is e-commerce yeah, with get care so um i've had a string of successful e-commerce businesses and, and people say to you well what did you do where did you know did you learn this at school and i'm like no i did accounting at university it wasn't and all that happened was literally i remember that if i trace it back to one event and that it just happened to be a chance conversation with a friend of mine who said I'm, it was in the late 90s, and he said, I'm looking to get one of these website things that I've been hearing that I should probably get. 
do you know anyone that can do them? And I knew of only one company at the time that could do websites. And I said, yeah, there's these guys that do them. They're friends of mine. But it's thousands and thousands of pounds because they were writing code, you know, in Notepad or whatever it was back then, right? And um, and he said, oh, I haven't got that kind of money. I said, listen, I know there's some software out there. I've heard of it. It was called um, Dreamweaver, going back, you know, uh, to Dreamweaver days. I said, you buy that and I'll figure it out and I'll create the website for you. Just a chance conversation. I already had a job in the evenings. I figured out how to use Dreamweaver and lo and behold, I started creating websites that turned into e-commerce and here I am, you know, all these years later. And it's just bizarre, isn't it? That you, like you say, you can't account for it. It's just, it's just seeing that there's an opportunity. And at the time, and I'm sure you didn't know, David, at the time, when taking that opportunity where it would lead to, but you still took it anyway, right? Yeah, you see, you did the same thing with Dreamweaver. A lot of people would look at Dreamweaver and say, I don't know how to use that. So that's not, you know, I can't do that. Um, but you're like, no, 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 I'll, I'll work this out. I'll solve this problem. And imagine it didn't work out for you. Would it have done you any harm to learn how to make websites on Dreamweaver? Like, you know, imagine that wasn't your career path, but you actually yeah. still know how to make websites on Dreamweaver. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important, um, uh, you know, that you're, constantly adding these these skills the way i think of it is we're like video game characters and and you're you know when you level up when you get better at something you get plus one like i'm mm -hmm. level on archery and now i'm level four on archery or something like that if you think of it life a bit like that um you know when you pick up dreamweaver it's it's quite shockingly complicated when you first touch the thing but yeah. once you actually you get it working and you start to learn the first sort of commands and things suddenly mm. you're uh, you're actually you know you have a little world appearing on your on in a web browser mm -hmm. and you start realizing actually maybe i could do this and uh, and that's quite an unlock and so mm. um, you know i'm a huge fan of people actually because you're plus one in dreamweaver and then you, mm. you do another week, plus two on dreamweaver and another week plus three um and if you think of it like that um, it doesn't have to define who you are at all. Mm. It just, it's something you're going to walk much more confidently when you understand how websites are made. A lot of people have absolutely no idea what, mm. what's going on, on the internet. Um, and, and in your case, you actually understand it. And so mm. it gives you more ideas about maybe other business ideas, or could I make like Dreamweaver is supposed to be easy, but it's not that easy. Mm. Could it mm -hmm. be easier than that? And of course people start thinking, well, I can make it easier than Dreamweaver. And suddenly you've got another company. Yeah. So that, that's the, uh, the fun part. But yeah, that's really good that you did that. And you can see it affects your life, doesn't it? Yeah, it does in a massive way. And like you say, I like this idea of leveling up. Right, and it's interesting, I mean, you were obviously involved in the gaming uh, world. This idea of leveling up, has that always been around the gaming industry? Is that something that you've always sort of incorporated into games and so this idea of doing it in life as well has kind of made sense or was? It wasn't always around. We had scores and scores were, were, were good until um, until they became not as, as important and magical. We didn't really, um, you know, scores sort of died off a little because people wanted to just see the whole game and they don't care how many points they get. They just want to play the entire mm. game. Yeah. This idea of leveling up is actually based... Uh, I, I think of it... There's, there's a book called Flow and it's a very popular yeah, yeah, uh, book. Yeah, I've read it. Yeah, good book. And, and sort of... Uh, I process it slightly differently, which is this idea that um, you need to know where you are and you need to know where you're going, but you need to see... That, that whatever you just did got you closer to the goal. And, mm. and that's very 
important. So imagine you're sitting there and you're working and you're working and working and you have no idea if you progressed at all. And this, by the way, happens all the time to a lot of people. Is they're just mm. working and they just don't know, did I get any better at anything? Um, and so in a video game, they go out of their way to let you see that every little thing you do is is progressing you towards the next level. So you'll be level seven and you can see yourself getting to level seven. And the way they mathematically do it is they make level eight harder to get to. So mm -hmm. when you get to seven, then it goes, okay, you're on your way to eight, but eight's gonna be more, you know, yeah. even harder. And so um, it's very interesting because the psychology is when you see yourself getting closer to a goal, this would be like climbing a mountain and you see the top of the mountain getting closer and closer and closer to you um that's what keeps you climbing mm. um if you if you don't know imagine you're in the fog you're on a mountain you're, you're in the fog and you can't see the top of the mountain anymore mm. and you're walking 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 and you're exhausted and nothing's changed you can't see the top people sit down and die right yeah. so my thing is don't die on the mountain um you need to you need to think about like what's that next stage and have some way to see what it is yeah. um in, in anything you do and if you do you won't stop doing it because you'll feel the progress mm. in video games you find that when you use that progress um, system it's very common you're almost at level eight um oh my goodness i'm almost there and they just keep playing and then it's three in the morning and they and that's the flow thing where they just mm. get into the i'm just going to do it i'm just going to do it and then mm. they, they go to bed very comfortable and happy because they're now level eight mm. and so um it's funny because i talk about this in business it's quite common where whatever product you're making quite commonly um people at some point will get stuck and not move forward they, they there's some piece of there's some step in the process that they have to make a phone call or fill out a form or do something that caught you know add your credit card information mm. and they stop and, and you lose them at that point in the game industry the kind of tricks we use is like if we find that in our game most people stop at level seven um we can see it in the data level seven yeah. is like a everyone's just falling off level seven and seven and dying so we have to get them to level eight one of the tricks you can do is give them something that will only work when they get to level eight so here's a horse here's a sword here's something that's a mm. that's a level eight um item and you'll find them kind of excited because they want to see what you know what it's like to ride a horse when you get to because they've been walking yeah. for the first know a set of levels so this kind of idea of of in in whatever your product is dragging you through the friction so that mm -hmm. you continue um on the other side is actually very important but these are all this is considered sort of gamification and and, and some of the things that the game industry has learned of which there are many as you can imagine oh i can't i can't but it's really what i'm i'm sitting here fascinated david because i'm i've i've not thought about i've i've played games i always I have to be honest, I don't play a lot of computer games. I've played card games mainly, but I'm, I'm old school, right? Um, but I, I, I see in the games now this idea of leveling up. And it's the reason why I asked the question, because I don't remember that when I was a kid, really. Um, the first time I ever saw the sort of the different levels was when you uh, was on the Star Wars Atari game, you know, and you went from one level to the next and there was like three levels or something. And that was kind of cool. But it's interesting the psychology you're talking about, i.e. scores on themselves are good, but they're not as good as leveling up. Um, and so you're seeing this constant progression, whereas the score, it, it, does it give you that constant progression? I don't know, it's interesting. Well, the scores, the way games used to be, and this is actually for a technical reason. So games were very short because the, there wasn't much storage 
room to put a game into. Mm -hmm. So the game might only have, you know, four levels or something. Mm -hmm. So um, what what we would do is we'd, we'd make you start the game from the start again. So you'd, you'd play through, you would die three or four times, and then we'd send you back to the start. Mm -hmm. And and that you had to go through that that painful process of playing the whole game over and over and over. But that was fine. That was how games worked back then. Yeah. But as, as the game size increased and as the content increased, people got, kind of got frustrated with the resetting of everything. And they didn't really care about the score. They just want mm. to play your video game all the way through. So, so it was quite hard for me as a game designer at the time going, wait, what? We have to design the game so you don't die? Like, there's no, <laughs> no, how does that even work, right? Like, you're, you're just going to mm. keep playing. And, uh, and, you know, games started coming out that were doing that. And it was hard to, to argue with it. Mm. Um, you still have to, to, to do some things right. But ultimately... Mm. Um, people would rather have progression than having to reset and start all over again. So, but yeah, we yeah. learned some things from from the way people play the games. Which is amazing. But I like how you talked about that in life. How you took that process of leveling up, and so you know, actually, you apply this to people. So, you're the CEO of Get Caro, right? So, um, which you know, we we talked about is a, it helps Shopify people sort of get. We'll come. We'll talk more about Get Caro, I think, as we go along. But you, you're the CEO. You have a team of people. You had a team of people in your gaming uh, business. How do you use this idea of leveling up in your leadership of other people? If you do, I'm curious. It's a, it's a little, um, I, I'm from that school that I don't think titles are that important in companies. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I obviously get friction on that because people believe that that's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I mean by that, just to be clear, is I, I could take your business card and write President of the United States on it. Does that mm. make you President of the United States? Mm. And the answer is not really, no. Yeah. So therefore, um, whatever I write on someone's card, does that make them that person or do they have to be that person? Yeah. And, and it, so that's what I find is talent tends to... Um, it, it, they they tend to come in and just be amazing at, at the mm. thing that they're that they're actually built to do, um, and and that's what you're really trying to do is assemble a team of really amazing people. I call them ten Xers. They tend to be ten times a normal person. And one of the the tricks that they have, um, you know, as a DNA level thing, yeah. is when they when they hit hurdles, they don't talk about them. Um, they they ten Xers tend to just, you know. Um, like, I don't know how podcasting works. Well, they just work it out, right? Mm. And you don't even hear about it. They don't they don't say to you, problem, 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 problem. It's just solved. Mm. And so I call them hurdle jumpers, or in certain cases, they kick the hurdles out of the way, which I prefer even more. So, <laughs> uh, but I know you've, uh, like everyone listening is always, they've always been in a meeting and, and sat there and listened to someone tell them why you can't do something. Yeah. And those are not the 10 Xers. And it, it turns out your whole team doesn't have to be this at all. It just means that you have to have those people in some mm. of the key roles. Then everything moves really fast. When mm. you do that, you, 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 you'd be amazed. Like you can't slow them down. <laughs> those people are, are, uh, are hardcore. Yeah. And, uh, and that ultimately is, I think, the, the most valuable piece of building a company is finding those individuals. Mm. And when you get then then the company just really starts moving. And then I think probably the second thing is just finding people that think outside the box. So they're not just copying everything. Um, one of the things I, I think about is how easy it is to hire talent 
if you're offering them a job where they actually get to create things. So if I, if, you know, I, if I want to hire someone from Facebook, for example, yeah. and they've been in cubicle for the last few years and their job is to do this one thing and they're, and they're super talented, but they're doing this one thing, yeah. um, in this enormous machine just, I call that washing the dishes. So I'm like, you know, in reality, they're just washing the dishes. They're coming to work every day. They don't have that much power. They can't make new decisions. They're not steering the future of, uh, of Facebook at all. Um, and so the, the point is, can we get you to join our team? And, um, and here you will like, you're there's, we're not copying anybody. There are things mm-hmm. that are going to happen tomorrow that we're going to sit there and go, how do you solve that? Because that hasn't been solved yet. And that, that endless innovation, um, is, is actually thrilling for engineers and creative people, um, to be able to come and do something that, that, that they know they're inventing and steering the future that maybe other mm. people will copy. Um, I think that's, and that's where I like to operate. So we think of it as being at the tip of the spear. Um, and it can be a very dangerous place to be, uh, you know, but in reality, that's where we like to, to, to be. And, um, and you can imagine the, the conversations you have when you're brainstorming, when you're in that space, really, mm. really fascinating because there's so many um, directions that you can go in um, and so many options on the table. Um, but that's that's generally the way we like to think. With our current company, just to give an example of that, is um, we're thinking about um, if you were to make a product, like say you made a product tomorrow mm. and you got it into a large retailer um in the us that'd be someone like target or walmart Mm. or um, costco would be a huge one um your whole team would be going crazy because it's Mm. such a huge one because you're now in a major retailer getting all of the uh, all of the traffic and um and money and eyeballs and everything that that organization can give you just simply by partnering with them Mm. and thought was who does that for you online like who helps you get your products pushed into other people's traffic so you get their customers and their sales without paying for any of it today we've been trained that you have to buy every click so you're you're paying for every click that comes to your website Mm -hmm. um and and that's a very expensive way to do it what if you place your products into um you know traffic at major respected sites and we make this effortless Mm. um that it's cool because you know the the cost per thousand clicks in this scenario is zero. So yeah. how, many, how, how many would you like for zero? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's very relevant in, even in, in an economy, like currently we have, um, you know, a pretty rough economy in the United States and mm. I'm, I'm, I'm in the UK, I believe it's the same. Yeah. So yeah. the idea that you can reduce marketing costs is, mm. is very interesting. So, so, you know, you start in a direction like that and then you go, well, how does that work? And, and, you just run into endless problems. Like there's just endless things that you didn't think of. So when you have, oops, sorry, I dropped something. If the if you have two brands that are have built their stores entirely differently, how do we connect them together so that they can actually mm-hmm. be truly compatible and work together? Or if you have, we have thirty thousand brands installed, they all have built their stores differently and and actually tagged all their products differently. So if you say, well, I want white white sweatshirts that's not necessarily going to just bring up whites you'd be amazed yeah. what it right and so the the reality is we had to then recategorize everyone's products in everyone's stores which we had to use computer vision for and a, a team in the philippines to actually teach the computer vision that it's doing it right and you kind of get into these um you know 
again, it's it's a hurdle, and we could sit there and complain about it. Oh, this all this data is really not organized, mm. and and it's like no, we just have to have to solve that, and so that requires a data science team that requires a whole bunch of supervised learning. Mm. Uh, but the result is we can have millions of products um, um, in our platform effortlessly now because we've we've taken the time to do that. But that's what this this what is about is this idea of constantly. Um, just climbing over whatever it is that the, the next thing that's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but if you do, you end up somewhere cool, and that, mm. that's what we love. That's fascinating. And just to explain, actually, because I, I know what Get Caro is, and you've touched on it briefly. Um, so it's basically if I have uh, you, well, you tell the example you told me. You got the bike with the bike helmet guy, right? That you was a great example. Bike store. And your bike store is is doing great. So you're doing great selling bikes, but you don't sell helmets. And it's like, but that means I'm going to have to go to Amazon to buy the helmets. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in reality, if you sold the helmet, then you actually get that extra um, incremental sale. So it's mm -hmm. your average order value will increase. And also your average lifetime value for per customer will increase mm -hmm. if you can get add complementary items. And so then you go, what about gloves and a pump and a, and a bike lock and all these other things? Well, they didn't have those too. So why don't we give you all of those? Because we have an, a whole um, library. And to be clear, this is not drop shipping from China or something mm -hmm. like that. It's not an affiliate thing. It's actually, no, no, these are your favorite brands, the brands yeah. that you yeah. normally buy wholesale from. We'll just connect them into your store. So suddenly you have all the helmets and all the sizes and all the mm -hmm. colors. Um, and you can sell them and you can learn what your audience would like today if if you did it the old the old way you would actually go and buy wholesale which means you're actually going to go find someone who will sell mm -hmm. you a pallet of helmets and you have to freight that ensure that put that into shelves have people touch it um market it mm -hmm. um have a clearance sale restocking fees when you send some of it back it's a mess and so mm -hmm. all of goes away if you just wire the two companies together their inventory becomes your inventory and so it's just using it's using technology to just solve massive painful problems that people have just put up with in the past mm. um, they, they we, we come across companies where they are trying to do partnerships with other brands but they're doing it all in spreadsheets they're FTPing inventory levels every night it's like and it's and they hire people to do it right so they have yeah, a whole team yeah. of people handle it because they just have to solve the problems but um but you know by modernizing using technology um you know all of this stuff can can rapidly improve and so that's what we're trying to build yeah it's i, I you know I, I think it's brilliant what you guys do and i'm very clever and i'm looking forward to when it's not just shopify uh because we're not on the shopify platform uh, but 2023 2023 um so this attitude then uh, have you I mean, obviously, at some point you decided I'm going to start writing games and you 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 went, you learned, you overcome obstacles. And this is what you did with Get Caro. You started it. There was an obstacle. We figure out a way around it and you just keep going. And you keep going. Is that a sort of a is that the way you generally approach the sort of challenges that you face uh, in business and in life? Well, it's you with Dreamweaver, right? I, I don't I, I'm going to build a company that does cloud gaming, but I know nothing about how the actual servers on the internet function. Mm -hmm. um, so I teamed up with some people um, uh, that, that became my co-founders who were engineers that, that were very technical in, in uh, you know, on the server, sort of core server code side. 
I actually built the first server on my dining room table, drove to Los Angeles and pushed it into a rack. And I'd never been to a data center before. Mm -hmm. That was kind of fascinating. And then we realized, well, hold on, we need servers all over the country. How are we going to do that? And and the answer is, well, if you pay, it's gonna you can do that, but it's gonna mm -hmm. cost a fortune to pay for all these data centers. So um I went on to I'm not kidding you, I went onto Wikipedia and I looked up the largest uh you know data uh, in, uh, backbone internet operators and I I, wow. I called each one and I, and some wouldn't return my call some mm -hmm. took my call were trying to sell me services and uh, and one of them was called Savis and I and the guy um, from Savis I said to him look you know what I actually need is I need a map of the U.S. with each of your data centers and I want to see how fast your connections are because this needs to be super high performance mm -hmm. and I not a circle. So if you send me a map with a circle on it, it's fake, right? I need <laughs> it shows like from this city, it's like a big kidney shape or mm -hmm. a heart shape. I need that. And the guy goes to me, dude, if that existed, I could sell the hell out of that. Like that's, that would be mm -hmm. so valuable to me for my job. And, and I said, well, can you introduce me to the CEO and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can, we can help you make that. And so he, he did. And I, I'm then, you know, sitting in, um, uh, St. Louis with uh, um, with the CEO of of uh, Savis, and he said, "You know, this would be great. Let's work together. You can use our network for free." Mm. And uh, and so suddenly it was a huge unlock. So suddenly you have this whole backbone um, major internet company saying, "You have a free run of our data centers. You can put servers anywhere you want." Wow! You can imagine startup. The value of that was mm. profound. Mm. But it's. But I'm calling phone numbers after looking companies up in Wikipedia, <laughs> right? So what is that? Is that tenacity or is that stupidity? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> in reality, um, it's how you get stuff done. And, yeah. and so the, the, the result was profoundly helpful for us mm. um, as a startup. Um, and, you know, long, long story short, this is when I've worked with really interesting people, um, I've, I've noticed that they tend to do things like that. Um, when we, when we, uh, years ago, we got to work on the matrix video game and the Wachowskis literally pulled up in a limo outside our offices. And mm -hmm. I was like, you really took the time to come down here. And, uh, and they just, it, it's that lesson that you have to meet the people that are going to yeah. do the thing. They have to walk the office and see the people and see it's real and, and and uh and then and then they're totally comfortable and and they can do the thing. I was so impressed, mm. you know, because a lot of people don't get in the car and take the time to go and uh, and check the thing out. Um, it, it's funny, my my, uh, my daughter's. Um, I, I'm this thing that I that I talk about about trying to learn um, something about everything. Even my yeah. daughter's now, so she's uh, currently watching a, a course on on real estate. Uh, you know, being a real estate agent and learning mm. how to buy homes and all the rest of it wow not it's going to be a real estate agent it's just interesting mm. and and uh, and you know it's like just seeing the advice they're giving it's like that all the way through there's just so much great advice on how to um and how to interact with people how to make decisions mm. um all the rest of it. so you can go but i've no i'm not going to be a real estate agent so why should i ever watch that that's stupid right that's a waste mm. of my time it's not a waste of your time there's all these interesting things you learn about how to deal with people, find talent, yeah. negotiate, et cetera. And it, and, it, and it just, you file it all away and then you move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, you know, she'll move on to stocks when she's done with mm -hmm. the real estate course and then she'll move on to 
um, editing video using DaVinci Resolve, right? You know, mm -hmm. something like that. And and that continuous growth of, of, of your awareness and how everything works, I think, becomes really valuable um, yeah. later in life. When you're when suddenly you need to do something like that and you're like oh actually i know i know how this works um and and so it's it's so fun to watch her starting effectively from from zero because she's coming out of high school and now she's mm. starting on this course but it's 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 um i think it's incredibly helpful with rapport mm. whenever you're meeting people wherever like i go into business meetings and i know that there's something that we do in common there's something yeah that they're that I'm into, they get, they're into woodworking. I can talk their leg off on woodworking. You know, they're into photography. I can talk their leg off on photography, water skiing, flying helicopters, you name it. I, I can, I can go and go and go. And so that's, I think an important piece that, um, and it's not, it shouldn't be treated as like, oh, this is a grind. Like I just, this is killing me having mm. to, to learn how cameras yeah. work or something. Um, I did the podcasting setup not to become a podcaster. I, I hate the idea that there's this thing that's so popular that I don't fully understand. Yeah. And so I know what's the best software, what's the best hardware, mm. how it all is configured and works. And then I can file it away and move on to the next thing. But yeah. if you meet someone into podcasting, I can talk, you know, intelligently about it because I understand it. And I've actually set up my sound effects and everything, you know, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's fun to do that stuff. Um, but anyway, that, so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm generally, when, when someone has a chance to do something that you normally would say, well, I, I don't have time or that's not my thing. Mm. Just do it. Just do it. Just have go a ahead go. And just yeah. do it. Someone once said to me, will you jump out of an airplane with me? And I was like, uh, I guess I have to. I <laughs> 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 don't want yeah. to. I have no interest in, do in jumping out yeah. of an airplane at all. But I'm like, damn, I guess I got to do it. So yeah. uh, And did you do it? Again. Of course. Yeah. And would you do and it, it again? Never. Um, so, <laughs> and, and this is why this is important because whatever you do, you end up with a story yeah. doing that. So I'm six foot eight. You can't tell that from this, from, from wow. a, a, a sort of a Zoom chat. But in reality, six eight, when you have a dude on your back that's your instructor who's just a little guy, he looked like Yoda on my back. <laughs> <laughs> in far too fast and i'm trying to run think about this when you come in too fast my legs hit the ground first so i'm running with a guy on my back and uh that didn't, that didn't work out we ended up this face planting oh wow and, and i got i got rather beaten up and they made a video of it with the um with the queen song another one bites the dust which was really <laughs> so it makes a good social media meme now right uh yeah. just don't give that to your daughter when she's got da vinci resolve it'll appear everywhere <laughs> that's brilliant so where did this um this philosophy of learn something about everything and everything about something is that's is that kind of it seems to be like a thread throughout all the stories you've told so far, or is this something that's a point in time you consciously went, no, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I once, um, I used to go to the Ted conferences a lot and the, and they actually forced some introspection. Mm -hmm. Uh, you spent a lot of time listening to really smart people and you start thinking about what am I built for? What am I mm -hmm. all about? What do I do? And it was one day I was sitting in my office and I had just asked for a new PC. Can you get me a new PC? Um, and then I, I sat there and I went, well, what is it I really like to do? 
And the answer is I like to learn um, and, and not learn in a boring way, learn in an understand the world way. Mm-hmm. And so I just went, why did I just order a computer? Because, you know, I should know how to do that myself. And, and so I literally was like, no, 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 I'll just actually build one myself. Okay. And I, I got the parts in and I remember sitting in my office floor building the most badass computer exactly the way I wanted with the color lights and everything the way I wanted it. Um, kind of going, this is exactly um, what I love to do. There should mm. be no mystery. Uh, and I used to, and it, uh, almost jokingly, when I would inter- interview people is I'd ask them about their computer. And, you know, like imagine you and I are doing a job interview right now. Yeah. And I would say, you know, tell me about your computer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, RAM, how much memory, what what processor is it using? And the, the answers <laughs> are just terrible, right? You'd be stunned. People have absolutely no idea. Um, the thing they're using all day, every day, that's so critical yeah. that they can customize and make it, you know, the way they want yeah, it. Yeah. Have no, no concept of what's going on. And so that's the, the idea of saying, you know what, I'm actually going to find this out and I'll, and I'll go through the process. There's a, this was most of the stuff I did was pre, um, you know, the, the, the density of YouTube videos there mm-hmm. are today. These days, just about everything is explained simply, clearly on video. Mm-hmm. And so just, and they'll tell you what to buy and how to put it together. Um, to some extent that to me then makes things almost required. You should definitely give that a try. Yeah. And, and you know, like just anything that you really are going to use a lot or, 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 you know, it might be helpful to know about, mm-hmm. um, YouTube it. There's, there's a video yeah. somewhere. Um, I'm currently uh, into e-bikes. Um, that's my okay. latest, latest thing. Um, so I bought a really, I, 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 my friends are riding e-bikes and I thought to myself, there's got to be someone in the world that's making a ridiculously cool e-bike. And I found a company in, in Australia and I bought one. This was, this was, I started in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then the bike that I got was ridiculous for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I recently did the same thing again. I went online and found, you know, a normal e-bikes about 750 Watts. You can get 3000 Watts, 4,000 Watts, 5,000 Watts. Mine's mm. 15,000. <laughs> and so, you know, it's that I, I did the same with drones. When drones came out, I was building them myself, and yeah. um, you know, really just my. I have a, a little uh, a table up in the garage that allows me just to lay out all the bits and, and just start putting together drones. And mm. it was so cool because at that time, drones were brand new. This was before they had that bad rap that they have now, and, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. were devices so when i would go out with a drone at a national park or something people would come up to me going what is this like this is incredible i'd show them the screen and mm-hmm. they just melted their brains if i had a stack of them i could have just sold them on the spot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. over time you know then they got they got people started to think that you know um they're, they're the worst thing in the world and they want to shoot them out of the air but in in reality learning how those things work, you actually start thinking to yourself, what would be a good drone? Like mm-hmm. now that you know how, how they work and how to build them, then you start literally, I started designing my own, like what's the, how far could a drone actually get? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you, you end up literally designing the whole drone around the battery. <laughs> so it's a flying battery just to, to see how far you can go. But mm-hmm. that, again, that, that process of learning um, about something like that, isn't that I'm going to be flying drones all day, every day. That's not, not the point at all. The point is when I meet somebody in a business environment that's really into drones, like that's their yeah. thing, 
I'm there. I got you. I can have, I can carry that conversation. You can talk and to them. So that's, that's probably, um, something that's helped me the most in my culture. Um, yeah. No doubt about it. I've been invited to the most unbelievable situations and met really incredible people. Um, and these doors tend to open, um, through those relationships that you, that you build this way. And one of the, one of the tr thing I would recommend, by the way, is learn one magic trick. Um, you need one Such trick. Such a good that, tip. That Such a good tip. Do not learn magic. You don't need a show. Uh, you know, you don't buy a magic book with 500 tricks. They're so boring. Do not do that. But, but find somehow find one professional trick and then you can perform that and people will be like, Oh my God, it's amazing. That's yeah. a new <laughs> yeah that's such a good tip such a good yeah. tip i learned that very early on actually i there's like two or three card tricks that i know and yeah. they and, and you can just pull them out at any time and people are like wow that's amazing but i love this um i, I mean i love what you're talking about there's there's a lot of um learning there's a lot of creativity there's a lot of fun there's a lot of challenge with the sort of things that you're talking about um i'm curious though david i mean in one sense, I, I'm. It's like you're talking about me. I could, I could match part of your story just with a whole bunch of other stories. Um, and actually, I find that whole learning thing quite challenging. It's what I. A, a lot of it is what I do in my downtime. Um, I like woodwork. You like woodwork, and I'm, and you go and you figure it out, right? Um, and I. I'm just curious. Do you find it life giving, or, or are there other are there other things that you do to sort of um recharge your tank to sort of recharge your batteries sort of refill your tank type thing um you know out of the busyness of life i'm i'm, I'm is this what you do as well or or is there something else yeah that was another epiphany i had which was i do a lot of business work so i'm doing spreadsheets and powerpoints and making lists of things and you know having conference calls and I, I thought to myself one day when i when i'm dead um is my daughter going to cherish any of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> cherish a spreadsheet my dad made this spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> print you know, it off and put it on the wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna happen so i actually had a a moment of damn i'm not really contributing much um to that sort of space if you um an analogy i use is if you look around the room that you're in right now there are objects everywhere um mm. and every single thing someone obsessed over and used their talent and creativity to make it yeah and i go well hold on how far does that go i'm talking down to the screw there was a guy mm. who said this is the right screw and this is the right threads and this is the mm. right metal they mm. care about everything and so you have this whole world that we interact with that other people are building and it's a little sad that, that we don't necessarily participate in that. And those are the things that are more likely to survive um, yeah. time. And that's funnily enough, why I thought woodworking would be interesting is if I made some furniture that people would go, my dad made that or my grandpa made that and it's mm. really cool, um, then that's, that's interesting. Uh, when I approach it, I learn how to use computers to help carve the wood. So I do... Mm. You know things that a normal human would find incredibly hard to do um but but i'm using you know computers to do yeah. it cnc you know and and you end up yeah cnc and you end up with um you know real woodworkers think you're cheating because you're using computers mm -hmm. but no it's i'm still taking a block of walnut and making something really nice out yeah. of it 
So um, I don't think so. It's a bit like in photography, if you learn Photoshop, a lot of people don't learn Photoshop. So therefore, Photoshop must be evil, right? It's yeah. just ruining the because it's the worst thing ever. But when you actually learn it, it's a wonderful thing. And it, and it's, it, it augments the, 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 the photos that you're taking. And so I'm a bit of a fan of that sometimes bringing technology to something that's analog, but at the mm. end of the day, I'd like to leave stuff behind. So pictures, yeah. like if I take a photograph of someone and that's their favorite picture of themselves, and this has happened to me where literally that becomes their yeah. icon. You can get everywhere they go in their social media, that becomes mm. who, who they are. The thrill of the fact that I got that moment, Mm -hmm. which you can never again like that moment that they personally think they look really good i think is really yeah. really fun and so you know what is that well that's actually taking a step outside of the the sphere in which you mm -hmm. operate like i i go to work i do my thing i, mm -hmm. I go home I, you know i watch tv and i go to sleep that's not that you're not leaving a lot behind then so the question is you know can you can you learn how to get um a, an authentic expression out of someone can you learn how to make people laugh when you're taking yeah. their pictures yeah. And, and but you can see my brain just immediately goes down that rabbit hole of mm -hmm. who will teach me that I don't have time to learn that. So mm -hmm. who will teach me that like in, in a day? Mm -hmm. um, I want someone who's done it for 30 years to teach me <laughs> in a day. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and, and that, that it, the thing is that whatever you want to learn, there's somebody who's done it for 30 years that will teach yeah, you we'll it usually you. weekend or maybe the most I've ever had is four or five days for the download. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you, you walk around, um, it's a bit like in the Matrix where they're like, I need to fly a helicopter and then they shudder and suddenly yeah, yeah, they can yeah. how to fly a helicopter. Well, there is a real, there is, that does exist today. That's called finding an expert and, and paying yeah. them, you know, it's for a weekend or whatever they need to do mm -hmm. to do the download. And the value of that is so immense. I, I was at a woodworking, um, um, like a conference once and there was this guy who been woodworking for 30 plus years who said this is the best varnish and i and i went up to him at the end and i go you probably think there's no value to that statement this is the best varnish <laughs> but that really is through them all mm -hmm. and you work this out and that's the one that i'm going to be buying and of course i did and it's amazing mm -hmm. um which one was the, it it was called armor seal it's very very okay. amazing mm -hmm. um and you know, what, what is that? The, the fact that there's so many people out there willing to share mm. what they learned, why wouldn't you accept that and absorb that information? Yeah, um, I'm so, with you. But I'm with you. I think a large part of my disposable income has gone on books, online courses, uh, yeah. you know, just learning, just find, like you say, finding the best people that can teach you and then, then just learning from them. And I like your, your your thing about, you know, your legacy. What are you leaving behind your, your bit of furniture? Um, I find um, I'm like you. I like to I like to bring digital into the analog world because digital is my world. But I like you. We've joked about this before. You know, you build furniture and I build furniture. I'm sat at a desk that I made, for example, in a in a studio, which I built uh, out of scrap wood. But that's another story. But the the thing I like about it is it's not totally digital, right? I, I'm having to use my hands. I can bring CNC into it. Um, I actually have, uh, I'm not going to talk shop now, listeners. Sorry, we're just going to talk woodwork for the next few minutes. Um, have you come across the Shaper Origin? Yeah, absolutely. So I have one of those, right? I use that thing all the time. It's 
unbelievable what that thing can do. My 13, well, she's not 13, now she's 15. Uh, when I got it, she was 13. She was using it all the time to do woodwork as well. And it was just a great sort of bonding thing. But I like the fact that it was different to my day to day, but I could, it was, it was familiar enough that I could bring a little bit of what I knew with the digital to make this world a little bit easier as well. And I found that, you know, spending a day in a workshop for me is a brilliant way to unwind from spending all week doing something digital, right? Um, it was that was what sort of recharged my batteries. And so, um, what's your uh, the out of the stuff that you've made? What's the the thing that you're most proud of? I'm really curious. Um, well, um, it's funny because well, just touch, touching on the sheep or origin, the, the concept of that is that you're you're taking a device and setting it down, and it moves around and cuts mm -hmm. the wood, right? Mm -hmm. That that you could build something very large. I went about it the other way, which is I had to buy a big, large gantry, which is right. like 12 by six feet that moves around. So I'm actually always limited by the amount of mm -hmm. wood that I can place down, whereas you can keep going. Um, but overall, I think the things that I made that were, were coolest, I had a an employee who was getting married and I said, let me make you something. And she said to me, will you make a, um, I, I really wanna get some kind of bench for the end of my bed. And I'd like it to fit perfectly. And I'm like, this is, this is exactly what we can do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> he said to me, here's some things I, I like the look of. And they were pillow shaped, you know, like that old style, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where there's the, the, they're cushiony. Mm -hmm. And I thought can I do that was CNC. And then I started playing with it, like making sort of little wooden cushions and carved it out of wal walnut. And, um, and the final product was, was gorgeous. I mean, it just, mm -hmm. it was gorgeous and by the way it had that varnish on it the really good <laughs> i mean it popped right <laughs> you need sunglasses when yeah, you yeah. Um, but it, it was it was beautiful um and then i took a class um there was this guy who's a korean woodworker and he said uh, you know i'm going to teach you how to make uh a furniture the korean way mm -hmm. and so <laughs> We walk into the class and he says, "Okay, everybody, you're going to hate this, but we're going to we're going to saw for six hours, and you're not allowed to use any any powered tools." And and we had this, we had to literally just stand there going, zoo, 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 zoo. and he goes, "The reason is is because in the end of it, you'll never take the time to do this, but I'm going to force you to, and the end mm -hmm. of it, you're going to you're going to learn how to saw properly." And and it wow. means from this day forward, anytime you need to just saw things well, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to show you how to do it right. And um, and I came home with a Zen desk. Like a bench, like you're yeah. sitting outside that is a cantilever shape. So okay. it's not legs on one side. It's sort of mm -hmm. it's this sort of heavy joint on one on one side, and to, to sort of come away with something like that 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 is a beautiful piece of furniture. Mm. It's kind of zen and cool. I think people would like that. Um, and you kind of go, I'm glad I took the time to do that. Right? That that I actually took the time to to look up. There's a place in Anaheim near Disneyland where this guy will teach you this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I, I took the time to go do that. And so that would be, I, I, I mean, my problem is, is like, what about cooking? You know, I haven't had time yet. That's on my <laughs> list. Like I gotta, I gotta learn, but do you believe there's a really good chef out there would teach you how to make an amazing, you know, X, you know, whatever it is, beef Wellington or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and the answer is of course there is. And you just have mm -hmm. to actually get on with it. And then you'll make amazing beach Wellington. <laughs> yeah, you, <will. laughs> you know, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the that's the bottom line. So, no, um, anyway, and I made another table for a friend uh, who who had got married, and um, and that was a, a an outdoor table. But it was, um, what I realized is that that wood is 
is a very different quality. So mm. if you just order, you're going to get garbage. Um, and if you find a guy in Philadelphia with the, you know, a certain walnut trees, um, and you be, become his friend. So you have to have rapport. So mm. you have to speak to your friend and then you have to explain what you're doing. And you say, I'm building this as heirloom furniture for my family. So I want my, my daughter to be able to enjoy this. He'll, he'll get into the story. He'll yeah. get excited about it. He's, he, he's like, you're not going to just chop this up and make stairs out of it or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is going to, to be used for this kind of stuff. And he goes, I've got the wood for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a pallet of wood shows up that is just gorgeous. And mm -hmm. it's the stuff you would build uh, maybe guitars out of and mm -hmm. you know, that, level of, of wood but because they're in and you've you've built rapport with them suddenly you have things to work yeah. with that normal people just couldn't get their hands on and that's oh, what's that's really brilliant. that's brilliant uh david listen i could wax lyrical about woodwork all night long uh and walnut and so on and so forth and i just it's it's just it's fantastic talking to you but i'm aware of time um and uh, we always, unfortunately, have to draw these conversations to a close. Um, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? The easy way to find me is LinkedIn slash in slash D Perry, D P E R R Y. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's the easiest way um, for our company. Our website is getcaro.com. If you install, if you have a Shopify store and uh, and it's doing well, please join our network and we'll help you grow. And that, um, if if they go to getcaro.com and install, just make sure to email hello at getcaro.com and tell them about this podcast and we'll take really good care of you. So that would definitely be the thing to do. Fantastic. Well, that's brilliant. We'll put all of those links in the show notes. I'm really curious, my final question for you, right? Because as you know, this show is sponsored by Orion Media, which specializes in helping folks like me, like you, uh, set up and run their own podcast. So you've got your you've got your roadcaster, right? Uh, yep. And you've got your your SM58 microphone with your you know cloud lifter set. You've got your podcast set. You've got the camera because you're a photographer. You set everything set up. I'm really curious. Who are the guests that you would have on your show out of the people that have sort of impacted your life? Who would be there? Who would you want to talk to? I would probably um, really try to, to, to get to the most creative people. Um, I think just the, the conversations are so incredibly valuable with those people. When you, mm -hmm. when you deal with uh, directors, um, uh, the Wachowskis were a good example. Just, listening to how they converse with each other and, mm -hmm. and and the knowledge of the movies that they have is just fascinating and so going through um you know and, and then there's a the business side too and and uh, there's investors too they're really actually very interesting mm -hmm. investors are interesting because they hear everybody's pitches so yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm jealous because imagine you go in a room and people tell you everything they know about where they're going in the future and all the things they've sort of studied and, and trends and why what they're doing is exceptional and new. And then you just go to the next meeting and you get the same thing and the same thing. You're getting all this download of information mm -hmm. from really smart people. And so I think that's um, those kind of people would be really interesting as well and trying to help people understand how to raise money and, and, and you know, 
what these people look for. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if I could get stuck into one theme. I think how you can you, just listening to me, I would love to yeah. end up talking to people about whatever whatever it is that they do. Um, and, and that's generally how I roll. So I think there's something to be learned from all of these different people yeah. and how they approach what they do. And then you can sort of work out, well, how can I use that in my life? Um, mm. Probably the way to go. Yeah. That is, funnily enough, that's one of the, the beautiful things about push. Uh, I get to talk to people like yourself and pick their brains for now. It's awesome, uh, the stuff that you learn. Uh, so David thank you so much for joining us on the podcast but it's been fantastic as always always enjoy our conversations um, it's been an absolute treat thank you no thank you for inviting me oh it's been great so there you have it what a fantastic conversation with Mr Perry there thank you so much again Dave for joining me and also again a big shout out to today's show sponsor Orion Media if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for you whether you have the road procaster or not uh, do connect with them at orionmedia.com that's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com we will of course link to them in the show notes as well as to David himself and his websites Uh, they are available at pushtobemore.com so you can uh, get all of that sort of stuff. Now be sure to follow Push To Be More uh, wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one, dear listener, has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Uh, It's just a burden you've got to bear. David's got to bear it. I have to bear it. Uh, it's just the truth. Uh, so Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find their entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bain on Josh Catchpole, Estella Robin and Tim Johnson. Our theme music was written by my very talented son, Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head to the website pushtobemore.com. And if you haven't done so already, sign up for the weekly newsletter and get all of the links all of the magic straight to your inbox totally for free that's it from me that's it from david thank you so much for joining us have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world i'll see you next time bye for now thanks